You're listening to PodcastJuice.net. Did you know that Podcast Juice is premium content? Well, check out Podcast Juice All Access. Join today and get instant access to over nine years of great classic podcasts, members-only shows, and more exclusive content. Go to PodcastJuice.net backslash all access and join today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Podcast Juice. This is your host, Michael Dean, and I'm joined here by a special guest, one of our listeners, Mr. Benjamin Brooks. How are you, sir? Hello, America. I'm good. <laughs> All right, so we are here today. We're going to do our review of the new D'Angelo album, Black Messiah. So this has been a long-coming, long-awaited album. Finally here after, what, 13, 14 years of waiting I know the original fans, kids, and grown up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and can share the new album with mom. You know? Wow, that, that's kind of crazy if you stop and think about it for a minute. I'm not sure how many other new artists, I guess you, if you can even call them new, uh, have had at least two albums and then waited such a long period to, to release a follow up to that. But Yeah, because this is going to be like some things I might mention, like vintage D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> and we just on the third album. I know that's that's, that's wild. Uh, but um, before we get into that, uh, Mr. Brooks, can you give us a little background of yourself? Let the listeners uh, know a little bit about you. All right. Well, uh, I'm originally from Gary, Indiana. I'm out here in the L.A. area uh, pursuing my photography career. I was formerly uh, pursuing a music career, and that part of the way I got out here to California. Uh, so. I've done my bit of writing and performing over the years. I'm just trying to keep that going. My story is pretty short, and I've been listening to the podcast for a while, and my little circle of friends knew that this was just a destiny for me to be on the podcast with you at some point or another, so here we are. All right on, man. Well, honored to have you here. So, uh, and, and I guess you are, uh, you've been listening to the, what, the Prince podcast? I'm pretty sure you started with that one, maybe, or? Yeah, that's how it all started with me because yeah, cool. you were. Over, I don't know if we can say the old name, the thing that you. Oh were yeah, on. Freedom Train. I, that yeah, was you, mine. Yeah, it was yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's where I found you on Freedom Train. So yes, uh, I just found the uh, I just found the podcast probably in the last year or so. So okay, I've been listening pretty regularly. Cool, cool. lately. Well, let's get into this D'Angelo album. Um, before we start, let's let's get this out of the way. I, I will say this for myself. I'm a huge fan of the first D'Angelo album. I love, love, love that album. Uh, adore it. And I'm a big fan of Voodoo. Like, I love Voodoo. I wore that out. Uh, still kind of play some of the songs, Some, uh, you know, uh, even nowadays. Yeah. But I'm actually, of the two previous albums, I I like Brown Sugar better. Um, I, I know that sometimes that may be a rarity, but I just, I don't know. To me, it's more conventional song structure and, and different stuff. Um, and yeah, I, so I, I just I don't know for some reason the, the songs stay with me longer. But what, what about you? What do you do? You like the first two albums? Or? I I agree with you. I uh, I like Brown Sugar a whole lot better. It's, it's a it's a classic album. I like Voodoo. There's a lot of things I like on. It. I think some of the songs were fillers. But basically, where I'm going with this is that I don't. It never drew me in to like really give it the proper time in the lab, as we say, just really dissecting it. Never really pulled me in there. So. I probably gave that album a better listen in this past week hmm. than I did when it came out. I mean, outside of a few songs that I really loved on, on Voodoo. Mm -hmm. But the first album was just classic, you know. All right. I love it. I love it for the same reasons everybody else do. 
Have you ever seen uh, <clears throat> D'Angelo in concert before? I did. I saw him uh, before Voodoo, so it was like right when he was he was uh, touring with Brown Sugar. I caught him in Chicago. Okay. And you you already know they they tore it up. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that uh, tour as well, uh, and then saw the Voodoo one you know later as well too. Uh, guy is phenomenal live. Like, yeah. yeah. Hey, was he on um, the BET Awards last year or something like? It was some award show he performed on, like in the last year or so. Yeah, it was. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but yeah, he was on. I believe it was the BET Awards. He did. I think it was too. He did. Um, uh, damn, I can't even think of the song right now. Uh, Sugar Daddy. Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Um, that was the highlight of that that show to me. I, I didn't hear too many people talking. I heard, you know, a little bit of chatter on Facebook, but I didn't really hear a lot of people talking about his performance after it. You know, I hardly watch the award shows anymore anyway, but I'll still record them and fast forward through them and stuff. Man, that was like the highlight of the show for me. He kicked it back then. So I know like the next time I see him, his band is going to be so tight. And yeah. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, let's let's get into Black Messiah. Let's do this. And then we're going to do this uh, pretty much song for song as we normally do around these pots. So right. the first track of the ain't, album, Ain't, ain't That, that easy. easy. Yeah. Yes. So, so what do you think about that song? All right. Well, he starts us off in the key of E minor here. I'm just kidding. I don't know what key he said. <laughs> about to say, Damn, you're about to go in. <laughs> hey, he went back to the Sly Stone gritty funk sound, you know. It's it's a really trippy type of cut. I think it's a nice way to start the album. I think if we had like a larger panel, I would get some people to disagree with me on that. But I thought it was cool because like in front of the first line, he's kind of letting you know that I'm about to take you on a trip. Mm. You know, um, it's it's got this co-writer on there that keeps coming up. This girl named Kendra Foster, and we'll get more into her later. But I don't know who she is, but she's got like this great influence on him because all the songs that she's on with him are so tight on the album. Um. I mean, you know, like I said, it's a nice groove. I, the Prince influence really doesn't jump up on this much so much as like the Sly Stone because Prince will show up later in the album. But you, you go ahead, give me something to feed off of. But that's basically yeah. like that was my first. Yeah. So for me, uh, I have been waiting for this song for a couple of years. Uh, he's been performing this song in his uh, live concerts uh, starting back in 2012. That was when I first really got into it. And uh, this was the song that, you know, I I still play in my car, the live the live version. You know, I just jammed this. I, th- I was like, man, this song is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, God, I can't wait for this to finally come out, you know, the studio and stuff. It's going to be nuts. Now, I don't know if you've heard the live version. It is actually a little different in pacing and energy than this version. It's, did they pick up the tempo a little bit? um live, live yeah a, okay. a, a lot and so it, it's still the same song but it's a little different and i did a podcast for for the uh, all access listeners where i actually compared the two but you might understand this reference to me it was like you remember um prince when he came out with diamonds and pearls and yeah he went on the arsenio show before the album came out and you know he performed a lot of the songs from the album he didn't the main one i'm referencing is cream Okay. So that cream performance on Arsenio, you know, the way he plays that song there is very different from how it sounds on the album. The album's a slower tempo, right? Uh, different things. So this is the same type of thing. I was so in love with the Arsenio cream <laughs> version that I was a little taken aback when I heard the album version. I was like, damn, it's not really popping like that. But I was like, okay. And I learned to love it. 
Yeah, and then it ended up being one of his best singles. Go figure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this song is kind of like that to me. I've been so listening to this other sort of version a little bit. And here I was a little like, whoa, okay, this is a little more darker take on the song than I would have imagined. But it is great. I, I really like it. I have since listened to this album too many times to even mention. But Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, I like this version. I think it's really good. Again, and this is something I'm going to probably say on a lot of songs, it's too short. Like, I want to hear them keep going a little bit because um, the live version distinctively has this Jesse Johnson solo uh, on it. And they don't do the guitar solo on this one. It just kind of fades out. And I was kind I was waiting for that to happen. But uh, I think it is a great start to it, to the album. Hey, help me out on something, because, you know, it, just, it didn't come it didn't come with liner notes. Do you know if Jesse is on this album? Because I know he mentioned them in that interview. Yeah, they, they did. There is some sort of liner, online liner notes, and he is on this album. Now, particularly which songs, I am not quite sure, but he's definitely okay. listed as playing on the record, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And just to go back to the Kendra Foster, um, again, she's been touring with him uh, these years, too. Uh, so have you ever seen any of the live stuff? She is uh, the young woman doing the backgrounds. kind of a uh, uh, mix she kind of looks mixed or whatever, light skinned okay. chick. But apparently, she is a um, singer songwriter in her own right. Um, I don't know Have she, you? She's done did, some stuff with George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic. Well, she's got an album. Oh, okay. I haven't heard it. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you know, when all this was going on, I got on iTunes. So it's one of those long names like Super Funker Calabretta Sexy. Some begin with an M, but it's one gotcha. of those long worded. And uh, it's cool. It's kind of. Uh, a gritty neo soulish type of thing. It's about ten to twelve years old. I had okay. never heard of it, but right. it's, it sounds pretty cool. I don't know if I would love the whole album, but it had a couple of songs on there that was all right. I, I'd vouch for. Well, she's she's definitely getting a good look from this project. <laughs> oh saying. yeah, yeah. She needs to drop something ASAP because <laughs> exactly. yeah. she got her mojo. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Um, a thousand. Hey, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Are, are we rating these songs? Oh, go ahead. I normally don't. But one you, to ten. Yeah. Oh, okay. If we if you don't, then let's not. No, no. I said I don't, but you do. Go ahead. Do it. Yeah, I don't want to come in here imposing. <laughs> you know. <laughs> nah, I respect. Well, that. when I talk about albums, I give it an That's eight. Now I give the song an eight. Okay. I give it an eight out of ten. I, I very positive vibes off of that song. All right. Uh, let's see. Next up is a thousand deaths. Yes. And this is a song that uh, leaked out a couple years ago. Um, uh, a longer version of this song actually leaked out a couple years ago um, and it, it has definitely gone through some definitely changes versus that version versus this album version he's added a lot more sounds and sound effects and different things There's a lot of stuff going on in this song yeah um, what, what's your thoughts on this first you know my first thought was that it took me back to family name huh. off the off rainbow children right it had that you know because it came in with that it what it wasn't Malcolm X, but the guy, the whoever was speaking, had a Malcolm X sounding voice over these. It's uh, Khalid Muhammad, very controversial. Okay. Yeah, guy from the, in the nation. Yeah, and like I say, the inst the instruments in it has all these flangers and all these a lot of stuff going on, and I really love it. Mm -hmm. Now, because I love the album so much, I have to find things to like nitpick about. When the verse starts. His voice has this effect on it. It's like a old vintage amplifier sound on the vocals. Hmm. In the beginning of the song, like on the first verse, I don't know if it really helped the song. Yeah. 
But later on, he bring, like there's a there's like a prayer that comes and starts with Yahweh or something. When he brings it in there, it it sounds great from there to the end of the song. Uh, I already talked how much I liked about the abstract keys in there that come. You know, there's a couple little instrumental breaks in there, and it's this this abstract chords that he keeps hitting on the keyboards. This underneath everything. And it's just, it's, it's cool. I like any, you know, if you got a song that's really decent and can kind of take me off into like a little trance, you're going to get my attention in a positive way. Okay. And, and that's how I felt about this one. And then we do start seeing like, like about the three minute mark, the Prince influence starts to show up vocally. You know, that's always a treat with D'Angelo because he does Prince so much better than Prince. That makes sense. Uh yeah we'll we'll get on <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll we'll say we'll save that to the well, end but I hear what you're saying you know I hear a lot of sly in this too just the the way that the bass starts or whatever that bass thing at the beginning yeah. it really reminded me of some uh, you know riot going on uh, the song Africa and different that's, things like that that's that's exactly what I have in my notes yeah. you know so that's that's really the only sly album I have so oh, right on right on. <laughs> So it ain't easy, and the first song and one thousand deaths kind of reminds me of that. It's a riot going on vibe, and yeah. I agree with you. Most of the song, at least up till like the very end, is very sliced on. Exactly, exactly, and and, and I like you know I, I don't necessarily. I'm gonna say this, and people don't hate me. I like this song, but I don't really like this version of it. Is it just? It's a little too chaotic for me to the point where it's hard for me to to hear. What I know is the filthiness in the it's just got a little too much going on, but I want to hear this song live. Like, yeah, I see, know I'm it glad will I, blow away. Go ahead. I'm glad that I didn't have that to like. I like I didn't have anything. I didn't even know the album was coming out till like a couple of days before me and you talked about this. Okay. So I didn't really have anything to mess my palate up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so everything I was just to the first time, so I didn't have anything to really compare it against right. other than old D'Angelo. So well, that's that's good. So we kind of got two different ways of looking at this this record. But yeah, I mean, you know, the guitar wailing in there a little bit. I'm, I'm loving all of that kind of stuff. And on one hand, when I and I, I guess I have the sort of uh, filter that I've kind of heard some of this before. When I heard, initially heard this. I was thinking that the album was going to be like the whole album was sort of be based around this kind of sound where it was going to be heavy guitars, like more rock kind of guitars. Yeah. Just that real, what I call like that swamp funk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, it, and it is a little bit, but I, I was thinking, man, he's going to come out and be this black rock god or something <laughs> and, and just kill it. <clears throat> if, you know what? If it doesn't take him another 14 years to drop another album, and he keeps the progression on that. He he can't go into that that black rock god category that Terrence Trent Darby, Lenny Kravitz, yeah, and, and that and that group of guys, two guys that I love, by the way. Yeah, and uh, jumping the gun, but it's almost um, I kind of think that, at least in my thinking, is that there's almost this hope. The word hope is in my mind associated with what D'Angelo means to people, and it's like. We want him to be sort of the, you know, the savior of black music, of R&B and soul. And it's like, here's a guy that can actually honestly be very soulful in his music. 
and Straight and away. you kind of and it feels authentic and then backing that up with man actually this dude's a musician and yeah you know to me just the visual of seeing a brother with the guitar and with the band going in was like this it's would be the rare. ultimate yeah it would be like this would be the ultimate thing it was like and it wouldn't be like where some some music uh, groups from before who I respect, but their music didn't really hit with us. You know, it was kind of like right. the hipsters kind of jumped on it. I, was, I felt like D'Angelo, his music actually does hit us. Like it really is the jam. <laughs> like he can really do that. So I was like, this could be the, you know, that hope of them of being there. And we'll get into if he's that hope or not. But um, so hearing this song, this song again, though I said I don't necessarily like this version. I love what this song represents. And I love that there's at least somebody in sort of a mainstream music world, uh, black artist that is doing stuff like this. So it isn't just Lenny. It isn't just, you know, Prince or, or whatever. Here's a guy that has the attention and he, he's doing this. I almost kind of want him to lead off with this, this song, in my opinion, should start the album because even the tone of what is being said by Khalid Muhammad, which you know, I'm sure some could argue is highly racist. <laughs> could be deemed yeah. as racist, and it seems to be nobody's saying about that. But I want that to be the start because, and that to me fits Black Messiah, and he's setting a setting a tone. Like this record is gonna be crazy, y'all. We, we got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm coming out the box. Like I would imagine him starting his tour, con- the concert with this song, as opposed to, um, you know, Ain't That Easy, which I like, but it's more kind of a just kind of limping into the to the room where this song is a crashing down the doors, you know, but after everything that you just said, it's, I still feel like, and I agree with you, but I feel like ain't that easy is a nice setup for it because I don't, I don't think a thousand deaths is going to really transcend with the, the casual music listener. Yeah. I I don't think this whole album will transcend with you know in terms of what but they I, may expect but i hear what you're saying though it's more it's more to enough. take with a thousand deaths just coming ramming it in your face and say deal with it yeah because like i say the first like the first line of ain't that easy it's like i'm about to take you on a trip so you know i'm giving you this right. this pretty steady groove i ain't gonna hit you too hard on the first song but just get ready because it's coming we're about to go somewhere and you. then he drops this you know then that sets and this song really just sets the tone like you say for the rest of the album right on. I, I can i can feel that um, let's uh, let's move on. Let's go yes. to the next one. So the charade. Oh, 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 let's go. And you would think that uh, you know, Wendy and Lisa is standing there next to him <laughs> when this Man. song was created or something. As a songwriter of all the songs on this album, this is the track that I wish that I had ah. recorded. You know what I'm saying? This is I wish this was my contribution to the album. I love this track i love this song it's so relevant for right now mm-hmm. today i mean i really hope he's working on a video for it now because <laughs> the streets needs this particular song <laughs> right now i don't know how old the song is i don't know if it's like something that he wrote recently or he just wrote it earlier he, and it just became playing, relevant yeah he was playing this one back at the in 2002 as well so but yeah, this is a great song. <clears throat> right. Uh, you know, uh, again, and I'm going to give props out to, to my guy, Bill, uh, over there. He uh, really helped break this song down to me, sort of the, the elements of what make this song where it's coming from. You know, when this song first starts, 
that uh-huh. kind of little tonal Cheek. sound that you hear. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard the song The Line by Prince. It's an unreleased song from the Love Sexy days. Um, and it's with like Sheila and Bonnie Boyers on it, Cat and everything. But I don't remember. Uh, it starts exactly like that. Like you can, you know, if you didn't know, if you heard that song okay. and you heard this, you'd be like, God, this, this, he literally lifted that from that. And then the other thing that's funny about this song, the the time song, Pandem- oh, excuse me, the song Blondie. Yeah. From Pandemonium. If you go and listen to that song, there's a breakdown part in that song. And it is that what they play on that breakdown is what he based this song. So that. <laughs> and if you go and listen to it, you're like, damn, yeah, that's okay. very clever. And one thing it just showed to me is one, how deeply rooted D'Angelo is into Prince and, you know, the Minneapolis music and that whole just yeah. gumbo of stuff. And he has to be a hardcore student of that purple purpleness to be able to say, I'm going to pull just that little break from Blondie and I'm going to flip that into yeah, you know, this iconic type of sounding song, and I'm gonna pull this little piece from Unreleased Prince and put it in there. And it's interesting, like not knowing that when you ask sort of Prince fans, listen to this song immediately, they always say, "Oh man, that kind of reminds me of some Wendy and Lisa, some Prince yeah. 1986 or something." It's got right. that feel to it, and that's why I say it's Paisley. Yeah, it, it's Paisley, and I'm like, you know what? You can't really compare. You can compare the two of those guys together, but on one hand, you always got to remember, you know, D'Angelo is just a student of, yeah. you know, the the teacher, and he's a great student. And star he, pupil. Yeah, and he would not be, in my opinion, he would not be who he is if there was no Prince. It, it, right. would, it would be something totally different. He'll be the first to tell you. Yeah, so it's like, and so I, I again, I'm with you. I love this song. I just wish it was longer again. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but yeah, this is yeah. You crazy. you had mentioned that earlier, and I, you know I don't really have. There's probably two songs on here that I could. I wish were a little bit longer. I don't really have a problem with too much of the, the length of the songs. But yeah, this one right here, I could have gone. He could have done the whole another two minutes of this. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, just it's just a beautiful catchy song, and then the lyrics just talking about the zeitgeist of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the relevance with the whole black. Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, this could be a really strong song in that movement. That's why I'm like, I hope that this song kind of gets out to the public before this news cycle is over. Right. I hear what you're saying. I, you this could saying? be a great song if he, and I hope he does do this, like get on the late night shows or the Grammys or, you know, something. We need to be performing this stuff on TV so people can really get, you know, visual yeah. and see this. But this would be a great song to be. I could see this on Jimmy Fallon or something. And, yeah. You know, so, yeah, oh, man, I hope he does. I hope he does the late night tour. Yeah, I, I think he needs to. You know, get with these guys. Cause, and I'm telling you something. This was the song This song I was thinking. Like, I'm really glad they got lyric sites on <laughs> online because... <laughs> I wouldn't even know how great a song it is because I wouldn't know what he's saying, you know. Dude, I'm what, like that with all of his stuff. <laughs> what, I mean, he sings it beautifully, and he's layering all these these these. He does like the one man choir, like Prince does. Right, right. But I don't know what he's saying half the time, man. So, and that's you know one. I can feel frustration from people, but the other hand, I think that's the beauty of it because there's a lot of stuff that I loved from in the Prince time. 
I didn't know what the hell he was really saying. Half the every other word I could maybe make out, but it was just the sound of it. And I would just make up my own shit, you know, uh, to sing along with it. And I'm kind of like with yeah. this. I'm like, I love his tone and, you know, the inflections of the voice and the sound of it. I may not understand everything he's saying, but it just sounds perfect. Yeah. You know, so. I, I, yeah. Michael Jackson sometimes had that with me, too. I couldn't make out everything. And then when I would go back and read the lyrics, I'm like, oh, that's but that was, <laughs> yeah, but that was like a song every once in a while. True. I mean, D'Angelo would give you a full album. This is <laughs> at least there's this group. I'm not. I ain't gonna spend a lot of time on this, but there's this group, Talk Talk. They were a, they were a really cool uh, band back in the '80s. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics, the dude that sang lead for it, you couldn't hardly understand what he was saying, so you would need the lyric sheet. But then when you buy the the CD the font that he would use for the lyrics you can't hardly read it hilarious <laughs> you know so i hope d'angelo you know i didn't buy the album i just got the itunes i don't i hope he just used it in some regular old font like i found online <laughs> yeah actually I, I i guess in the actual cd there's a booklet but the lyrics are not in the booklet so. yeah That's you know so i can, we can do a whole podcast for me to rant about <laughs> why these artists not giving us because Again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but like, you know, like the younger people that are listening, it's like there's a whole part of the listening experience of having that visual next to it. Like, you know, back in the day when you had that album or you had that CD booklet Mm -hmm. and you could see the artwork that helps mold what you're hearing. Very true. And I think that is uh, we should spend a second on this because, you know, I think one of the points about this album is to sort of replicate the experience at least of listening to vinyl listening to a full album they even you know i think it's after um one of these songs you can hear it sound like somebody picks up the needle yeah you know and then you flip it over and put the record down and goes into i think back to the future so it's like they try to replicate the experience of actually listening to vinyl and i think that um <clears throat> maybe if they had a little more forewarning of when the release could have they could have really set it up and and had actual real vinyl, you know what I mean, for sale. Yeah. And, and it was like, here's how we want you to really experience this record. Like, take the album. The artwork is important. And, I, you know, to get on this artwork, which I think is kind of cool, I don't think it really represents, or I don't think it, it was expressed properly what I think the real meaning is trying to say with this record. And I think if we had the great artwork, like you said, you know, and you open it up and yeah. maybe you, you pull out the, remember this, the, you know, the dust sleeve, right? Right. And then would have the lyrics on one side or however you would do it. I think it would make this whole experience of this album even better. And not to say there's nothing wrong with this, but I can see that they're trying to replicate the feel of doing that. And, and you're right. Some of the younger people don't have that experience at all and probably never will, unfortunately. Right. And I mean, maybe that's one of my million dollar ideas, because to me, with everything being digital now, it seemed like you could enhance that spirit. Now I can have like moving picture, not so much a video. I'm just saying there's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's a world of people, you know, people that develop this type of thing. There's a world of things that you can choose from to to try out as far as like what comes with the album, as far as the visual experience with it. Yeah, I think even just, um, you know, I think about when I. You know, I play this on my tablet and I'm using Google Play. It brings up the cover of the, you know, the 
the album when I play right. it. But they could do something where each song could maybe have its own distinctive cover art for it that really represents what that song is about. Maybe that would be another message or a visual that he wants to go with it. So not being a video, but just a picture or something. Right. Like, oh, okay, this is, you know, Sugar Daddy. This is kind of what gives me an idea. Or maybe the lyrics are on the screen or something. Yeah, or, I mean, if nothing else, just give me the credit. At least the people that worked on the album, let they yeah. get them credit. So at least give me that one page. So, because I'd like to know who produced stuff and who was playing horns, you know. Right, right. I like to keep up with stuff like that. And I don't want to lose that because we're going into this MP3 age. Yeah, and I definitely hear you. That is a frustration of mine, particularly for artists that I care about. <laughs> Some right. artists I don't care about, but yeah. when I who get cares? the D'Angelo, if I get the. <clears throat> The Prince or, you know, a couple other cats. I want to, Rafael Sadiq, for instance, I want to know, like, oh, okay, who played on that one? Exactly. Who wrote that? Where'd they record that at? Oh, okay, who's the engineer? Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, especially now that we got the internet, now I can look up these names even better than yes. back in the day, and I can, you know, and follow them around, you know? Yep, yep. All right. Uh, Sheree next... gets a 10, need, oh, okay. know, needless to say, from now, me. I can agree with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is what was Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy. Now, I'm going to start this one off. Um, and this is the last song that I can say this one. But this song has been out there as well. He's even performed it uh, on, I believe, it was the BET Awards we talked about earlier. Yeah. Uh, and he <clears throat> did this in his concerts. And it's a, I love this song. Uh, you know, the live version reminds me of, you know, the Baby I'm a Star kind of uh, beautiful night, you know, just kind of yeah. tears it down the concert. And here it's actually presented a little different, but I love this studio version. He's putting a little more effects and things, but the way the beat just, you know, the little, uh, I don't know if it's hand claps or whatever they got going yeah. at the beginning. I love that. And it just has that real snap type, you know, funk feel. Almost reminded me like, and I'm old school, when cats used to be a, a hand bone. Hand bone, hand bone. I was right. like, okay. And Sly used to do that, you know, back in the day. He would get on stage and be hand. And I just love that. Almost like a syncopated type of rhythm to it. And I, I think this song is banging to me. I I mm. love uh, Sugar Daddy. What would you think about it? Yeah, th this is this is the party cut. Uh, it sounds like the it sounds like the piano player and the horn section from Parliament. <laughs> yeah. Along along with all the elements that you mentioned earlier, what. Are you still there? No, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. I thought I got cut off. Um, one thing I want to preach about this song to the younger generation, because I'll tell you, Sugar Daddy, it's got little parts of it. It's, it says some vulgar things. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a raunchy little cut, you know, okay. talking about this lady. Mm -hmm. But it's worded in a way where it's not so raw in your face. I got you. And I don't, you look, I don't have a problem with raw in your face. You know, I grew up on Prince, you know. I don't have a problem with that, but it's like, it's so much the norm mm -hmm. now. And it's like, you could play this song on the radio and like, you know, if you're young and your mother actually read the lyrics, she'd be like, what are you listening to, boy? <laughs> you know, because he, but he, he packages it in a way with words. Like, for instance, one of my favorite lines, it's just something simple. He says, uh, lace satin covering up her charms. How poetic a way to say that she got some nice draws on. <laughs> <clears throat> and then he goes to like some other stuff. He like really plays on the 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 daddy baby girl analogy. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, he says in a way where it's like you gotta like really like 
maybe the third time you hear like, did he just say what I thought he said? <laughs> and it's not just like so raw. So I'm saying that's my sermon for the day. Like younger kids, like, you know, it ain't about censorship. It ain't about like you not saying what you want to say. It's just like you got some options. You know, you can be poetic right. and still be and still had a party cut and still be live like this cut is because I'm with you. I love it. This is, this is the groove of the album. Yeah. It's almost like have a little more <clears throat> finesse the way you say things, you know, be a yeah. little more slick about it. <laughs> be, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Little Red Corvette. I mean, he says yeah. some stuff in there, but it's so slick. He can play it on the radio and don't even have to beat nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we got to mention, too, that Q-Tip has actually got some writing credits on this this song as well, uh, which may explain some of the some of the lyrics. These are very good lyricists. This song also reminds me a little bit of um, Chicken Grease. I, I could uh-huh. feel them kind of next to each other. That same kind of mm-hmm. funk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, this is the jam of the record. The horns, and you, you mentioned right, the piano. The madness, man. He, he's getting down. Whoever, I assume that's D'Angelo. He's getting down yeah. on that one, man. Yeah, I'm going to assume all the keys on this album are him. Yeah. All right, so that's... Oh, what's the rating on this one? Uh, Sugar Daddy, I'm, I'm going to give it a really, really strong eight. I should probably give it a nine. So I'll give it an eight and a half and move on. Okay. Uh, next up, finishing off, I guess, side A would be uh, Really Love. And My, uh, go ahead. So, I was going to say real quick, set up. This is the, actually, this would be the last song I'm going to say this on. Questlove himself had uh, leaked this song uh, a little after the Voodoo tour. <laughs> and he was on some radio station overseas, I believe. Okay. And I'm, maybe he not necessarily understanding the power of the internet, even way back then, you know, maybe 13 years ago. But uh, quickly it found its way online. And it, in the version, I mean, that original version, it starts with Questlove saying, like, you didn't get this from me. Okay. <laughs> it <was> so funny. <laughs> and apparently, and I'm sure some of those guys will let me know, I think this is the song that may have sort of uh, kind of had a falling out between those two because it was leaked like that. And I don't think D took that very well. And that's kind of, I think that may have led to their little separation for, for a few years. Um, well, he should know better than that. Yeah, he probably was just so geeked, like, "Oh, we got right. some new shit for y'all, y'all," you know. And uh, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to interrupt you earlier. You said something like, "This is the end of side A," and I was like, "There's some kids somewhere, like, mommy, what's side A?" <laughs> right. Nothing about that. Uh, really love perfect, perfect title because I really love this song. This is a beautiful ballad with a lot of elements. Uh, you come in with those those strings. Yes. Those, and it's like the cellos. It's like the low end. It's kind of like the same orchestra from the end of Purple Rain. That that and it's arrangement funny you that we say did. that this is uh, you know Claire Fisher has passed away, but this was done by his son. Ah, yes. Because I hear it's in my notes. I was like, because if I didn't know that Claire was dead, I would assume yeah. that Claire had done it. Yeah, no, his son has carried on, and yeah, so he's he's on this. So that's why it has that feel to you. It's like yeah. Yeah, because in the very beginning, it doesn't sound so much like Claire's strings, but there's some parts like after the first chorus, mm-hmm. it it really goes to some movements that we're really familiar with, you know, from the whole Prince discography. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love I love Spanish music and I love flamenco guitar. So after the string, I mean, it's like a two minute long intro. So you get the beautiful strings in the beginning. And then it does this change, and I guess the girl's speaking Spanish with this beautiful, sultry voice. 
and then the flamenco guitar comes in. I mean, it's just a lot of elements to this ballad, and it's it's, it's top shelf. Yeah, this this is a beautiful song. Uh, I'm glad this is on here. I was wondering if he was going to include this since it's been out for damn near 13 years, but it's it's a timeless song and it's a great song. I wouldn't mind. You know, I don't know if they're going to do any videos, but I wouldn't mind seeing a video for this. Um, this song is crazy. Even the live versions of this song are excellent. Uh, this song has been on my slow jams tape playlist, I should say, for the longest. And it definitely works. I just leave it at that. But yeah, this is yeah, this is this is like one of three songs on this album that just got heavy play this week. Yeah, yeah heavy, heavy play. And it, it reminds me of, I said, like, if somebody were to do something really ignorant, like remake the uh, Love Jones movie, <laughs> this Don't song would be... Don't say that too loud. <laughs> well... They might the, do it. <laughs> please, yeah. I don't Because the, the movie doesn't need a remake. But this song would be perfect yeah. for that soundtrack. Because that's what it really reminds me. It reminds me of a fall day. And I don't really get too many of them in California like I did growing up. <laughs> so it just takes me back to those those beautiful fall autumn leave type days which you love you know mm-hmm. you know it's beautiful so i could say that a million times all right so what's uh what's the rating on this bad boy 10 no brainer okay all right so now we uh we we go to side b and it's actually uh i believe it's written this way on the cd okay yeah so and you can hear him drop the needle <laughs> Uh, before the song starts back to the future part one um <clears throat> this song initially i i was like this is some background music to me i didn't really <clears throat> i wasn't feeling it at first i'm not gonna lie okay. like when i first <clears throat> was playing the album usually when i first play albums <clears throat> excuse me i'm just listening for the songs that just immediately grab my attention i'm like oh me too you know and so I, this one was like yeah this is cool it's kind of mundane-ish but you came around. It came back around when I started listening to it because okay. it starts off really kind of ding, 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 you know, and, right? You know, boom, boom, and I'm like, okay. But once he starts getting it going on this song, yeah, I probably play this song as much as I'm listening to Charade. I go back to this song because this song rocks to me when he re- it's beautiful. Yeah, when he starts to get into it, back in the way it was, na 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 I'm like, ah. Oh. And you can hear like when the bass kind of kicks in and stuff. Ah, this is I love this song. It almost reminds me of kind of like hip hop or I don't know hey. something about the production is it screams like hip hop production to me because I love it, man. His song "Devil's Pie" from the Voodoo album. Mm. Mm-hmm. If that song and Michelle and Deggio Cello had a baby, <laughs> it would be this song. Yeah, okay. I can and, see that. and that's and that's a high compliment because I love her too. You know, yeah. I, I it, it didn't take me it didn't take me long to get onto this one. I immediately okay. you know it was catchy for me. I didn't like love it, love it the first one, but I I really liked it the first time. And then like you say, when he gets into that groove about you know, I used to get what what's what he say? Uh, back in the day, I, I used to get high, but now I just get a buzz yeah, or something yeah. like that. When he gets to that to that groove, I mean, it's just so catchy. And it's got this string. It's this riff that he does yes. with the string. Dun, it's a loop. Dun, 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 dun. That's, that's that's what caught building. me. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's 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 what initial initially caught me on. Then I just 
all the other elements just started working their way, their way on me. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite songs on the album. I mean, I say that a lot because I love this album, but this like this between Charade and this song, this is just like a really strong part of this album. Just these three songs in a row. Well, actually, Sugar Daddy's in there somewhere. Yeah, but yeah. I was gonna say toward like just after the middle part of this, it just seems to ramp up into this whole like. And then that string is playing that, and I'm like, ah oh, man, they on they on some other stuff here. I I can't wait to hear them go to a concert and they jam this. Yeah, this is gonna be ridiculous. <clears throat> but yeah, Back to the Future, Part One. I, this I, I was really impressed by this song, and it was something I had never heard either. So I was like, ah oh, yes, this is feel good. Uh, okay. All right. What's the uh, what you give this one on a rating? I'm giving it a nine just because I can't give everything a ten. <laughs> I'm giving it a nine, a strong nine. Cause I, I I really like it. All right. What we got next? Next is uh, till it's done, two two. And I'll let you start this one off. Again, like I said, I'm a boring host for this particular album because it's too much stuff on here I love and I don't get to bitch <laughs> about enough stuff. This is another one of those tracks. I wouldn't have been surprised if Q-Tip were a part of this particular track too, hmm. the, the way the music comes out. But this is another one where just like the music itself, like I told you like with Charade, I wish I had done that track. This would be like the second in line of okay. that wish list of like songs like as far as i think if i had a style it's kind of more like my style mm -hmm. um what are my notes i got here um this was another song that i said reminded me of the sly stone right going on album okay. it's a little bit a little bit of psychedelic -y, neo soulish which is two good words side by side with me uh, another song that goes into the whole, as far as theme of the album, as far as the zeitgeist of the day and everything that's going on, just as far as like with social issues and everything, he addresses that on this album. And the outro, there's a little bit at the outro, it's like this weird funk that it kind of reminds me of the Eroica album, Wendy and Lisa's album, hmm. the type of funk that they did. So next time you listen to that, that it's just like the like maybe the last thirty seconds of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, it, it kind of references that sound. And one of my favorite one of my favorite songs on the album. I keep saying that, but yeah. <laughs> this song, first of all, I would say, at first I thought this was a female singing at the beginning. So uh, I was like, it kind of sounded like a, a woman singing. You know, the other thing this song reminds me of, and, and it'll be another one too. This reminds me of Erica Badu for some reason. I could just see her doing yeah. this song. I don't know. It just reminds me of, of her. Um, but, Absolutely. But yeah, I, I, I don't even know what the hell he's saying yet on this. Because I haven't read the lyrics, but again, I just love the sound of it. I mean, I... yeah, because it's cool because it has like a it has a lengthy little intro before it even gets to that. Yeah. It, I think the song starts off with a drum roll. Yep. Yep. And it sounds like what's name is about to come on. Uh, Curious child, the same drum roll at the beginning, <laughs> and then it goes to this little intro, and you don't really know where it's going, and then that. That hook just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> great a, track. 
It's, it's, a, it's a good song. Again, this this song, as I said, it reminds me of the Erica Badu, but it didn't. Again, kind of like you, I can hear some that you know, kind of psychedelic Prince, Wendy and Lisa sort of vibe to it as well, which is sorely missing, and I love that. So, yeah, another yeah. banger. Yeah, you said you hadn't really listened. You hadn't checked out the lyrics yet. No. When you finally get around to it, I mean, it's like I think he really goes more into like just shit that's on his mind and what's going on. I think this is the song where he really goes into that more, even more so than Charade. Okay. So when you finally do like explore the lyrics, and I, I encourage everybody out there that buys the album, please get the lyric sheet so you can truly appreciate it because you're not going to know what he's talking about. <laughs> you got <laughs> to decipher. Go get your yeah, translation you gonna, codes. <laughs> it's going to be all about melody, you know, if you just buy the album. For but sure. if you really want to get into the substance of it, get the lyric sheet because... You know, there's a couple of artists I like. I love Sting. I love Terrence Trent Darby. I'll use them two as examples. Mm -hmm. Those two artists, if you were to take their CDs, their booklet, and just read their lyrics, it's like you're reading a book of poetry. Interesting. And I kind of get that from this album and this song in particular. I mean, it's like really a deep, reflective song. I don't want to like just start reading all the lyrics, but once you see them, you will see like, you know, the guy's got a lot on his mind and he's a serious artist and there's nothing corny about his delivery on any of this material. All right. Okay. Real serious stuff. All right. <clears throat> Next up is, uh, oh, I'm sorry. What's the rating on this? Uh, still give it a nine. Another nine. Woo. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> the album's hot, people. If you haven't heard the album, get out there and go get it. It's hot. All right. Uh, next up is Prayer. And uh, I can tell you right now, I, I like this song, but it is not one of my favorites. And I do tend to skip this song. It's yeah. my own personal thing. Um, it, to me, this would, if if I was to say anything was sort of a fillerish track, for me, this sort of comes off that way. Though it's not that it's bad at all. It's just the other's material, in my opinion, is so strong. I haven't really gotten into this one yet, you know. We we share the sentiment on that. It's, oh, okay. it's it's a filler. I like it, but it's surrounded by such strong material that you know I listen to it. I like it, but you know that is not that I haven't even like given like its due amount of time. You know I have. I you know I really like it, but in comparison, it sounds more like it fits on Voodoo hmm. to me than this album. All right. That's just me. I think I think he does some clever things. I like that he dropped. It has this churchy sound. It's, it's prayer. So like on the one, he drops the uh, the church bell, and I thought that was a really clever element through the song. Like if you just do it again, every on the one of every measure, it's a church bell. So it's got all these okay. church elements going on. So it's a clever song. Uh, I I feel I feel like he uh, he he summed up some uh, Sam Cooke <laughs> for this particular song. So I mean, he's all over the. He's all over the. He knows his his soul history. Yeah, that's and it's appearing on sound. He's he's all over the place. All the greats, and we're gonna get to. I don't want to like jump the gun because we're gonna get some great stuff as we go along. All right, but yeah, you know, it was so. That's you well, know, I'm gonna get this one a seven. It seven, was, okay. Sorry, right, it's a filler, all followed right. by another filler with "Betray My Heart." Uh, and my you think so? Go ahead, say. Go ahead. Well, say I, I say this. This sounds like something that was left over from voodoo to me because uh, you know i think it's a roy Haygroove roy Haygrove, if i'm saying gentleman's name right the, the horn player he's dope 
but it just really sounds like that voodoo stuff and that saying that i like this it starts off a little kind of like it takes its time to kind of get to the good parts but to me once the horn comes in a little break and everything and uh the bass playing with a pino paladino uh-huh. uh i i like this song <laughs> i just like the horns and the little... this is a dope one to me but i can see how it kind of seems like it might be filler at the first part you know, I got in my notes that I really did like the horns in it. Uh, the guitar riff is cool. It kind of reminds me, and I keep bringing up Prince. I'm getting bored with myself saying it. But there's a couple of songs in the 90s, and I think it might even been a bootleg song. It's, that, it's like that Prince guitar, that jazz yeah, yeah. Prince type that. riff. And it's got the walking bass, you know, Walt Terry, or whatever your name is, because they don't put the names in the with the disc anymore it, 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 was, it was cool i like it. it i give it the same type of critique i give prayer i like it it's not one of my favorite songs i don't think it's garbage by any shape of the imagination it's just that if i have to pick like if i have to say that some songs on the album are weaker than others i have to put this in the weaker list all right what's what's your rating on the portray my heart <sighs> a, uh, uh, a seven seven okay yeah, I don't think anything goes lower than seven. All right, let's flow into the door, which I would say wins, in my opinion, for the most creative uh, song on the album. To me, it's like, man, my man wants some country funk. Yeah, swing. it's folksy. Yeah, it's, re- folk. it's really folksy. It and I fun. love that. I love that. It's something different. It's not a lot of cats is doing would do something like this on this kind of record. So I adore this song. Yeah. And and it stays it stays within like the whole feel of the album. He doesn't you know even though it's like different from everything else on the album, it doesn't sound like it doesn't fit exactly. on the album. Right. It's yeah. gonna be the really fun song when you see it live. Everybody's gonna be whistling along. Yeah. <laughs> I said uh, when I first heard it, it reminded me of the uh, erectile dysfunction commercials. <laughs> the guy the guy whistling along and you know wow. everything is going right because he got a boner. Hilarious. So I hate that song, and it, it also kind of reminded me like some old school TV sitcom theme music. And I don't mean that in a bad way, because back in the day, the theme song used to be really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I mean this song because like after the because I tried to as the week went along, I tried not to shuffle through the the songs. I wanted to like know how they related to the song before and the song after them. Mm. So after the two previous songs, this song is the one that picks me back up and puts a smile on my face and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm whistling through the house. So, you know, it's a fun folksy. This is one of those songs, like there'll be certain artists, I'm trying to think of one in particular, but it'd be like, this is, I think this is a cool song, but when they'd be trying to like cross over or something, this would be the song that would blow up and I'd be like, right exactly <laughs> like exactly. this is what they want to play but and, and, and it works and i'm like okay if it draws people into here the other stuff fine but i could easily see if this was a few years ago where you really had the video and the mtv sort of thing i could see them latching on to this uh-huh. and be like yeah this is great you know we got the black guy and he's and it's authentic but it's you know kind of got that folk type thing what's I the group s- they did tennessee back in oh, the day uh, arrested development yeah so it, you know yeah it's like I could see, I would have seen this. They would have latched on to this. Ah, oh, okay. And then it's then start to accept the more, you know, overtly R and B and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I could see this song actually being big. And you, you made a good point. 
I could live would probably would be very fun. Fun. Uh, yeah. And for those of you who haven't heard the album yet, and who haven't heard this song, and I hope this I hope this isn't offensive. It kind of gives you the. I don't know if you ever seen the jerk and the jerk's family down yeah. south. They had the shack. It sounds like some of that porch music <laughs> right, that they'd no. be out there with a banjo having a good old time. It's mm-hmm. one of them type of song. Because I was almost waiting for a fiddle solo <laughs> to drop at any moment. Fiddler. But, but uh, even with that description, don't get if you haven't heard it, don't be afraid. I mean, it's like a really catchy, fun song. And yeah, it's, like it's I say, it, pick, it picks me back up as I'm going through the album. And it's also something that makes this album great because this is uh, it, it it's like you said it does fit but it's different you know it's it's kind of the risky like here let me try almost a different style and bring it into my own which is something again when compared to prince prince was great at like i'm gonna go get um what's the song on parade do you lie uh-huh. which would be a hella risky type of song to play something like that but he plays it in his style and it's right. a classic you're like no one could do that. No, no other artist would go to a different yeah, nobody's job. Nobody's covering that. Yeah, you know, it's very hard to do, and he does a great job. And this is a, kind of reminds me, like, take a different style, make it your own, and it actually works. It's really good. Um, so your rating on the door. Give it an eight. All right. Uh, next up is uh, New Power Generation. Pardon, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Back to the Future Part T.C. Ellis. <laughs> Thankfully, there's. Well, I don't. I won't say thankfully, but there is no rapping on this album, uh, which is interesting. But here's a part two, sort I'm of extended, extended groove of part one. Uh, me personally, I know that this is bad, but I would have just rather them just had this be a part of the other song, and let that be, you know, an additional two minutes, and that would have been cool with me, and maybe had a whole different song here. But this is cool to me. I I kind of wonder. Again, and I don't know what he's saying on this song either, so I don't know if he's adding something else to the narrative, but I don't really see the point of putting this on there personally. Mike, I listened to the uh, to the review of the artificial age with you, Uh-oh. and I and I see a trend developing. <laughs> uh I don't think you like when people like re-explore songs later on in the album. I mean, if it's to the if it gets in the place of hearing more new music. Nah, not really. Unless they do something great with it. I didn't really see anything like this could have been just attached to the first one. I don't I don't, I don't could, see the point of this. It's almost like this, a sequel to me. Like for why? It, it could have just been a matter of like, man, we only got 11 songs so far. We need. We, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't like when they do that because <laughs> you got 14 years. You got to have a load of songs sitting on the side. Right. <laughs> but, so, I mean, basically my. My critique on this is the same as part one, because it's, it's, it's like you say, it's just it's basically like they turned the volume down in part one and then they just turned it back up. It's just like an extension of part one. It's nothing really new, which is fine because part one is so great. You don't really need to mess it up by. Yeah, the, the only thing they did is a little more breakdown on the music just toward, to the bass and the drums and stuff. And I do appreciate that. But, you know, you know, I mean, like I said, for me. I would have loved it. You just did the seven one, minute joint. One long song. Yeah, okay. just go seven minute hard, you know. But it's cool. Um, but what it is is it it is a little intermission for the grand finale, 
Yeah, it's like basically just, you know, shake it off, rest your feet for a second, because... Yeah, Another Life. Another Life. Uh, probably easy to say, the greatest, best song on the album. Uh, this makes the 14 years worth it for me. This album, I mean, this song, uh, this is everything to me. This is the number one song on this record. I play this every day, a couple times. This is one of the greatest songs that D'Angelo has done, period. I just really feel... I was going to go the there music, if you didn't. Yeah, it's, I, you know, and it's funny too, again, when it first starts and stuff, I am, again, for some reason, it really brings Erica Badu to my mind. I don't know why I could just hear her singing this. It sounds like something she's done before, but this is an amazing song. I love uh, his voice on this. It's so well done. Uh, the emotion of his singing uh, is so great, especially toward the end, you know, when he starts to screaming. I said this on Facebook. I, I could, again, I also hear the uh, influence. I could just hear Prince just you know, going in toward the end as well. But this is a fabulous song. That's yeah. all I can really say. I'll let you take it. Ladies and gentlemen listening, if you haven't heard this album yet, I want to tell you now, this is arguably, arguably, this dude's best song ever. Yeah. No, Everybody's not going to agree with me on that, but when you hear it, you'll understand why I had the audacity to even utter it. It is a beautiful ballad. It is an homage to 70s soul music. Mm-hmm with a really heavy dose of stylistics. He even's got like the little sitar. Yes. <laughs> in the background like the stylistic use. It all it almost sounds to me like if if the stylistics had produced a song for Ron Isley. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, and it is oh my god, this is a beautiful ballad. And like we you were talking about like you can kind of hear Prince at the end that is the understatement of the podcast <laughs> because you could fool me if I had never heard it and you told me this was Prince new song and you played that ending for me, I wouldn't even argue. I'd be like, man, Prince is back. Mm. This is <clears throat> say something. So, you know, before I start getting, <laughs> you, you say something and I I'll mean, come back here. It's just, it's an amazing song and it's funny when you say it's probably one of the better songs that has come out period yeah uh, in this type of genre and it, it harkens back to, to all those things you said but it also harkens back to something that is solely missing from music today songwriting and, and yeah. actual song and this song you know this actually reminds me of his first album uh, something like a higher um, but with better production, this you know his yeah. his musicianship is so much better now. But it kind of again, this was a this is a full song to me, and not only is all the pieces in the puzzle there, but the performance is there, which sometimes is missing the emotion, the the angst, and just everything, uh, the love, almost kind of like um when we we did a thing on Michael Jackson recently, off the wall, and it was something Michael brought. He brought uh for him it was almost an innocence uh a very strong energy in his vocals that you just felt it even if the music in that case off the wall the music was there but something that michael just brought he just brought that pureness into his voice and there's something about this song that captures that it just has that pureness and that rich 
it's emotion in this song. You can't help but not feel it. And it's something you don't normally in a lot of music today. You don't really feel you may feel an anger emotion or a very sexual emotion in some yeah. current songs, but you don't feel just that love and just that. Oh, you know, when he goes, oh, <laughs> I know yeah. I sound crazy, but I'm listening to it in my ears. I'm talking. It's just it's an amazing piece of work, man. You know, you touched on something songwriting. You know, I'm a little old. I think me and you are around the same age. I'm a little older. Yeah, I'm 45. Put that on. Yeah, I hope not for your sake. Uh, <laughs> but between the three of us, you know, me, you, and Angela, I mean, we grew up on songwriters. Right. And, you know, you don't. Whenever, you know, whenever I go off on this rant about how bad today's music is, I'm only talking about popular music. I mean, there's still a lot of artists out here yes. doing great music, but you got to be on satellite radio to know anything about it. It's not like the sound of the day. You it's know, not it's not mainstream. what's on the radio. Exactly. Back, you know, so all this, all these songs, you know, all these influences in this song are just from all these artists that were great songwriters. And let's talk about structures. I don't think I talked about like too much of song structure as this uh, whole review has gone along. There's this part in this song. It's the transition from the chorus back to the verse. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain in words when you hear it. It's just going from, he didn't change keys. And I don't even know if the tempo changed, but just the way the that chord movement and when it when it hits you, it's like this summer's breeze commercial feeling where it's just like I'm I'm floating through clouds. You know, that's, <laughs> right, that's, right. that's that's how I feel with this song. It's like you floating on a cloud. It's just so beautiful. Yeah, you know, it, a lot of it is uh, timing in space, and what I mean by that, you know, the, sort of there's lingers and when to hit it when to slow down a lot of that you have to really come from a, a place of in my opinion two things one you got to be sort of uh, a musician and really under and work with the you know musicians a lot and get to feel who you're playing with and i believe it's quest love is, is playing the drums in this and so i think the the bond between those two as musicians they're so locked in so they know like okay we're gonna slide right into that bow and then i think the other part of it is particularly with d'angelo coming from sort of that church you know kind yeah. of gospel you can hear it in his playing you know he obviously has that roots in him as well and he understands right. how to you know how that you know which is great a lot of church musicians are excellent at this because all they play is that kind of feel you know it's about the emotion and yeah. know, getting people into it and he kind of brings that into this as well so it was on one level this song uh could easily be one of the greatest sort of gospel type, you know, down home, really emotional songs as well. I'm sure it could, be, I'm sure it will be played in, in churches, if not just the music itself. And it has that in it. Um, again, a lot of, a lot of Prince's stuff has a very gospelish yeah. feel to it, which is always puzzling to me because I don't, from everything I know, he's never played in the church, but maybe he's just gone and he's just been immersed in that as a kid. I don't know where it comes from, but he seems to do it naturally. But, D'Angelo has that in him as well. It's, it's certain that like he grew, like you could tell, like he he grew up he grew in some up church. In, yeah, you feel it, and it's not like he's trying to do that style. That is just sort of like and I, I jokingly say it's in his muscle memory. It just you can't exactly. help but do it. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah, amazing song. I imagine this must be a ten ten plus. 
right. 10 plus thank you yeah because <laughs> like i say it, it's i mean it's arguably his best ballad anyway you know yeah. only really competition he got is the cut from the last album uh, the last title yeah yeah which is a great song so i know a lot of people listening love that song so i'm telling you if this song can duke up with that one you know that me and Mike not lying to you. This is yeah, this, this song is worth the purchase of the album. It is, yeah. This is. Uh, I hope that you know, I don't know. If, I don't know what the the iTunes situation is, but I know that sometimes they'll have songs that you can only get if you buy the whole album. <laughs> this, he should really. He should really be funky and do that for this song. <laughs> exactly. For his own sake. Yeah. Like if you 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 gotta buy the album to get this one, because yeah, it's it's a killer. So here we are. We're at the end of this uh, album we went through each song so now we want to do is just give our overall impressions and thoughts on the album as a whole um since you're the guest i you know i'd love to let you go ahead go ahead and, and get yours off first okay that's fine um i think that this this album is a really it's a really strong merge of what he did on the first album and what he did on the second album it just kind of seems like he married both of those sounds i think it was a really distinctive sound between the first two albums. Mm -hmm. And I just think he married them together for this album. And then, you know, stack three more layers on top of that. Uh, I think it's not only is it a good sounding album, but lyric wise, I mean, it's an album that you can just kind of feel proud of yourself for listening to, because it might make a few people a little bit smarter about some things that they may not want to, entertain thought wise especially with everything going on so you know he kind of makes you confront some of this stuff going on so you know, you know I, I, I find myself saying the same stuff over and over no that's, that's cool but um man i i'm just really happy with this I'm, like i said i was a little disappointed because i i wish i had more stuff to really like shit on <laughs> and he you know just so i could show the audience that i can do that and still do it in a detailed way and just no. saying oh this is crap well, if but something's I mean, good, it's good, man. I mean, you know, hey. Yeah. I can't argue with it. So, it's, yeah, the album's got some masterpieces on it. As a whole, I just think it's a masterpiece. If this was the Source Awards, I'd be giving it five mics. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say this. I love this album. I think this is better judged as an album, you know, as a cohesive piece than it would be, you know, uh, any other sort of works that we get nowadays, this is presented to us in an album. And I think it works better that way as opposed to having like hit songs and singles and stuff. Cause I don't know if a lot of these songs uh, by themselves with the exception of another life, I think would be a, is an excellent song, but I think these songs all work in the context of this album. And yeah. they work perfectly uh, at this. It's almost like you say, you're starting here and you're going to end up here and you're going through this whole little journey um, as you're listening, which is something that, you know, we don't normally do. Uh, I was going to say, aside from Artificial Age, Prince's album, which I admittedly, I don't listen to the whole thing. I listen to bits and pieces. Me this, too. for the most part, you know, I may skip one, two songs, but I tend to listen to this whole thing. You know, I start from the top. And I just let it roll. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it has my full attention. Sometimes it may have part of my attention. And it kind of pulls me in more, sometimes a little less. But I, it has my attention. It, I yeah. listen to the whole thing. And I think I give him credit, D'Angelo credit for this. It is a great album. It's a body of work. You know. Um, 
I think it's a great album for today's world because absolutely D'Angelo is a student of music. You can hear it. As you mentioned, there's so many things that he's drawing from. There's so many influences and he's like an expert uh, professor of funk and soul. And he's like, man, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of this and flip it this way. And I love that. You know, I think that is his greatest asset. You know, I think that's why he tends to always do a lot of covers too, because I think he knows so much music and he's so good at playing it. And again, I think in his soul, he can't help but play it a certain way because he's listened to this type of music so much. So that's why you, you know, you can't help but say, man, there's some prints in there. Cause I think he, you know, he grew up listening to that. He can't help but do those inflection prints inflections in his stuff. That's natural for him. That's what he, how he learned how to walk. Right. Yeah. He can't help but do the sly and all that because that's probably all that he's so immersed in. And I love that. Yeah. Um, so he's so good at it. Yeah. And, and that, and I think that's great. Um, and so I, I, I like black Messiah. I think it's a great album. You know, I wanted to get into, you know, sort of the, you know, the obvious comparisons to the contemporaries or his or his influences. Let's go to the big one like Prince. You know, a lot of people online, you know, I think we even said here, you know, out Prince Prince or this album is better. Da 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 da. And on one hand, I can say, yeah, he's doing some Prince like things that rem- that, you know, things that we kind of remember Prince like, oh, remember he used to do that or that feel or he took yeah. that risk. But I have to throw in here too that, you know, this is his third album. And this is the third album that took quite a long time to come out. Now, I don't actually think he spent 14 years working on this album. Right. Um, but, you know, for whatever reasons, it took a while for him to put it out. But I think it's unfair to really compare him to Prince in terms of saying he outdid Prince at all. Because if you just go by third albums if you know take out the 14 years you know Prince's, uh, Prince's third album was Dirty Mind right and that and you know that blows us out of the water and that's just my opinion like Dirty Mind is, if you take it in the context of when that album came out for him and where he was at his point after those two sort of R&B sort of enriched albums and just came out with some crazy shit yeah, that's you know that's when that's when people noticed him. Right, this that's is, when the critics let, fell in love with him. Yeah, this is not necessarily, this is not on that level. When I mean by that, he didn't. D'Angelo is not out of his lane with Black Messiah. No, and, he he stayed with the formula. Yeah, Prince he, went way out. Like it would be again, it would be as if you know if D'Angelo came back and was in bikini briefs, and he's just playing some wild stuff that's totally different from his first two. Then I would be like. This motherfucker is a genius. <laughs> right. He's taking a risk. Like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> but he's not doing that. So, it's, it's, so I, I can't really say that he is out Prince and Prince because Prince gave no Fs on that record in subsequence. Um, but I do will agree that he is taking some of the great things we liked about Prince. And maybe not Prince may not necessarily be doing those right now. And we right. respect that. But, you know, I don't say he outprints Prince personally. I just let, let me clarify my statement. So you've heard like, especially like when like when reviews for artificial noise was coming out, 
Artificial and noise. Were, <laughs> I keep saying that. Artificial age. I need to can, let me write this down in front Hilarious. of me so I can mess up this guy's album. I say art and noise the first time. <laughs> but um when artificial age came out, you know, like people were talking about like he's relevant again and then they would start talking about like the last twenty years, like sometimes it sounds like Prince just trying to sound like Prince. Right, right. I, I think I've said some of that stuff, too. Yeah, I did hear it on this show as well. So I meant it in that regard. So it's like, as far as like Prince doing Prince mm-hmm. and then D'Angelo doing Prince, I think because D'Angelo, maybe because he hasn't done it as much as Prince has because Prince is Prince, he just, we only hear like the best of it. Right. Basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of things that D'Angelo does that reminds us of vintage Prince. Mm-hmm. I and I never hear Prince currently doing vintage Prince as well. Does it make sense? Yeah. And I think, you know, again, it's kind and of I don't like, mean as an insult towards no, no. Prince or anything. It's, it's pretty much just a compliment to D'Angelo because sure. it's one thing to want to, you know, be Michael Jordan and another thing to go out there and actually go out there and put up the numbers to bag it up. And D'Angelo can do that, you know? Right. You know, it's, it's the same thing. And that's, that's why you got to be careful because it, to me is the same way. Like when Prince came out with uh, like housequake, you know, that's definitely a definite homage to James Brown. Now that right. James Brown in 1987, 86, 87, when that came out was not the James Brown, that he's doing the homage of. And right. that James Brown could not do that kind of style anymore. He just had moved on, right? He was a different place. He'd been in the game, you know, 20 years or more. Or more, And yeah. his style had changed. And it wouldn't have been fair to say that Prince was outdoing James Brown. I mean, you could say that, but let's keep it real. James Brown, you just pull up the records. You know, go pull those records from back then, and then you tell me that he's outdoing James Brown. No, I mean, as dope as Housequake is, it, that ain't you know it the, ain't it ain't on let's not get crazy <laughs> the, only, the, the only issue i have with that analogy is that james brown wasn't still actively dropping album after album at the time that sign of the times came out but he still was out there he was still performing i mean what he had, what he had he had uh i don't know living what in that? america but yeah, but well, that was and that was before. Yeah, sure, and that's that's current. Which that's, was that's the true. jail? Which was it was a hit, you know. And yeah. then he had the thing with Full Force, right? Ah, uh, yes. I mean, saying he was, I'm just saying he was still active, um, and yeah. so you couldn't compare. You know, I, I said this on the other podcast for All Access. You know, when Dirty Mind came out, Sly had just put out an album a few months before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Get on the Right Track. I think was what it's called, and Stevie Wonder had put out an album if not just before Dirty Minds shortly after it was the Hotter in July album if I remember the name properly but at, okay. at no point though was anybody saying that Prince is blowing away Stevie who had been you know he'd been out forever since then he was still yeah. actively putting record it was like yo this cat's doing his thing he's doing his thing even uh, the f- second you can maybe see the first or second Prince album there might have been some slight uh, comparisons to Stevie, but just to say, like this dude is playing all the stuff himself, kind of like right. Stevie would. But it wasn't like, oh, he blowing Stevie. He doing what Stevie. No, nah, I mean it was like he's doing his own thing. This guy's doing his own thing. So I just say this. Yes, I think it's because D'Angelo is so immersed in Prince that we can't help but compare the two. But 
Only- and I don't think he tries. I don't think yeah. he like purposely tries. Either. I think it's just like you said earlier. I think it's just in his DNA because he spent so many hours as a youth. Even me, like I ain't no music artist, but you know I do my thing. And even with me, I mean, it's like I will print up a couple of you know mm-hmm. movements here and there. And I just think that with him. I don't think like when he wrote Another Life, I don't think he sounded like, man, I'll try to do a stylistic type song. I think he sat down at the piano and that's just what came out of him because of all the stuff he's put into his com- mental computer. That's that's what comes out now. Yeah, I, I, I do think, though, he, he's making sort of conscious efforts to to do that kind of style. But I have nothing wrong with that. I uh, think he's aware of it as he's doing it, but I don't think he sets out to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think he's, well, it's like, um, I think he's doing it with the utmost uh, honest care. I don't know if I can word word it right, but it's just like, I think he understands production to the mm-hmm. T. I mean, to me, again, he is the ultimate, That, that his album is the ultimate uh, music snob album. It, even the way it is presented to us, I think the way that it's it's mixed the, uh-huh. the way that they're cueing it, they, you know, in the in the uh, booklet or the little thing that they put out in the credits, they tell you we didn't use any plugins. You know, this was on two inch tape. I mean, they're saying that for yeah. a reason. So they they are appealing. You know, that they are so uh, studied of music and theory and funk and all that. And I love that. But I think sometimes, and this is the thing. Only thing I'll say, not necessarily anything bad about this record. But I, the thing that I need to see next, or I would love to see next from D'Angelo, I really want to hear a D'Angelo sound, as opposed to um, this guy who is great at sort of, you know, innocently, honestly emulating other styles yeah. and doing it very well. I would love to hear what's his style because, you know, everything that we mentioned on these songs, we always harken back to, oh, it sounds like this, or it kind of reminds me of this. Yeah, but you got Yeah, at some point somebody has to be able to say, "Oh, I'm gonna um, you 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 kind of sound like D'Angelo," <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's kind of D'Angelo style. So I want to. I'm really curious to what his style. Now, this may be his style. It may be his style is the person that is so immersed with you know the greats that again he can't help but sound like that, and that's cool too. But at a certain point. And and a body of work is what's going to decide that, right? So you're going to have to have more albums but when yeah. your sound starts to really come through. Just like with Prince. Yeah, you could go through and hear, he kind of sound like Sly here. He's kind of doing that. But we do know that he had or he has his own sound. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a, one of the core differences. But I think a body of work is the key significance in that. And unless your other albums were so dominantly on your own then you can't have a he's not going to have a sound yet what's his feel what's his real feel so that's what i really want to see but he's a phenomenal artist i just hope that he continues putting out work you know yeah i mean give us something every two three years i mean i don't expect nobody to do the old i'm a year thing but just don't take another decade my man yeah yeah and i i actually want to actually in 365 days from now i want another record i want another album personally I don't see why you can't in in today's world realistically you can't be waiting you no know, 2 or 3 years you got to be dropping material uh and 
it's not like he's working a job or something. So I <laughs> I'm not understanding what the problem is, but yeah, you, I, I, I want to hear more. And, you know, Questlove has kind of came out and said they're talking about doing an extended version of this album. Yeah, that's cool. But I would just love to hear some more new music. But yeah, because yeah, I, I know they got more songs. Yeah, so, they, like I hope. say all these all these times. Otherwise, that means he'd done he done wrote a song a year, <laughs> which may be the case. And that's something else that you know, I'm which not I gonna, doubt. Yeah. I'm not gonna speak on his personal situations, but yeah, man, you got people's attention. You know, and that's the great thing about D'Angelo. People open arms, was just ready. You know. Man, drop it! You know we're ready for this, and I exactly. love how I love how they released this album. You know, it's just no bullshit, just boom, it's out. <laughs> yeah, he he does have that advantage. The streets has clamor, been clamoring for him, yeah. so it's like all he had to do was come up with something nice, and I think he delivered. I don't think any. I had one person on Facebook. They said they first listened, they weren't they weren't impressed with it. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, okay, I guess it just don't appeal to your personal taste, which is how I deal with music these days. I, I stop saying people are garbage and all that. I just say somebody just don't appeal to my particular taste because what I call garbage is somebody else's gold. So it's just true. all about how I perceive it. True, true. And it, my thing is, if you like the first two D'Angelo albums, I don't really see what there would be not to like about this album because like right. i say he's, he stays on message he, he's he pretty much keeps the same formula he's improved on it but he didn't make any like he didn't do a dirty mind on anybody no no and you know he 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 played to his fan base yeah which is a it's a good thing and, and a I smart think, thing to do after 14 years yeah i i don't think i wish this album would have came out earlier <clears throat> because uh, again like I said, a lot of these songs, some of these songs, at least the first half, and it's interesting that maybe he knew that up front because actually the first five songs or all the songs that had been out there before, and maybe that okay. was just a way of get, kind of getting that out of the way and, okay, and this next few you ain't never heard, boom. But, and and it, the thing is to say too, you know, like a song like Really Love, like that song was probably really done 13 years ago, but it still works today. You know, yeah. so it's a testament that this music is good. You know, it's timeless. So, yeah, it's nothing trendy about it. So no. the song will be good in ten, fifteen years. There's nothing about it that just speaks to 2014. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well done, D'Angelo. Is basically what I'm saying. Well done. Good job on that. Yeah. What would you give the the well, album? What, would you, what rating would you just the overall album? I'm. I said five mics for the other thing, but I'm, oh, I'm right. going. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a nine point five, only because it had a couple of songs that I considered fillers. So I'm not gonna give it the full ten, and I, you know, I'm just trying to be more interesting than just than just saying ten, right? Because I, I could easily, I can easily give it a ten. I would, if I was to rate this, actually, I would give this a rating. I would give this a nine. Okay, uh, that's fair. Because I think that is an exceptional album. Is when I say a ten, to, a ten to me would be um, just as comparison. It would be like you know, off the wall, or. Um, uh, in hip hop, it would be like the Chronic, or I mean, it would be an album right. that would just change the game. Uh, you know, it's the tent pole, and everyone would change their style to be like it because it's like, God damn, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it necessarily does that, but for what Unfortun it is, unfortunately, it, yeah, unfortunately, but for what I it wish, is, I wish great. everybody would clamor to this sound for a little while. <laughs> it would really. be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't, I'd start. I'd start listening to the radio again for yeah. a little while. You know, 
I don't know. The thing is, sad part of it. I don't know if the listeners of music would go for this in in terms of the mainstream. I don't think they would. They would want to hear that. They want to hear the big beats and you know all of that kind of stuff. And and when I what I mean by that is, if you were at the club and you dropped one of these joints, sadly, they would empty the floor. Yeah. And I think. And to me, a 10 album appeals to all that. A 10 album would be like, you could play that in the club or song off of it, at least one song. And they would be like, ah, you know, you know, it would be, be popping. But at the same point, artistically, it would also be incredible. And it would be saying something and th- things of that nature, which uh, I don't think this this is I think you said it, it's to his base. It is to lovers of this kind of music and it stays in that which is great yeah you know so yeah it's, it's a good it's a good it's a good great album great great album it is so if you're out there you don't have it yet go out go out and get it this is this is worth it not and i i don't think i mentioned this in the beginning trust me people i'm a music snob i know i've been slobbering all over this album <laughs> i'm a music snob and i don't throw out compliments you know i know it's you just hear me say that don't prove anything but trust me i, I don't just Ooh, that guy's great. Or this is good. I'm pretty, you know, I'm toned. I'm, I tend to be like, eh, you know, but this album didn't allow me to do that. This is really good. So get out there and check it out. And it's for me, it's one of the rare albums that I even listened to, you know, and paid attention to. Uh, I think aside from Artificial Age, I can't name too many other albums that I actually gave my time to this year. Yeah, Michelle and Deggio Cello dropped one I got okay. into. Okay. But yeah, you know, there's not too many artists anymore where it's like, I got to have that whole album and I got to like dissect it and take mm-hmm. the time, you know. Yeah, this Artificial Age, the my, Michelle and Deggio Cello, and probably two more that I can't think of off the top of my head. Right. But yeah, from the, from the first song on this one, it had me. It had me at hello. All right. Oh, well, man, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We're going to definitely uh, have you on some more for sure. I'd appreciate it. I'm here for you. All right. Um, so as we normally do, we always let people know where they can find us online. So, Mr. Brooks, where can they find you online? Hey, I'm going to direct you all to my Instagram for right now because the web the uh, website is under construction. So you can find me at Instagram at, at Benjamin Virgo, one word. Right. Just Benjamin, just like the sign, Virgo. All right. And of course, you can find us at Podcast Juice on Twitter and also on Facebook. Just look up Podcast Juice. And of course, we invite you to come to the website, podcastjuice.net. And uh, I got to give a shout out to my brothers, my other co hosts, uh, Mr. Day Dropping, Big Ken, Big Sexy and Sack, Sean Hill, Aunt Pooh, Tori, and of course, Mr. Q Storm. So I want to shout those guys out. And uh, I think we will see you guys next week. Uh, actually, yes, next Tuesday will be a podcast live every Tuesday uh, at 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll be on YouTube doing video things. So definitely join us on that. And my name is Michael Dean. And you know what I always say. Work it like a job. Peace. Turn to the fire inside.